Educationally Speaking on KVMR 9.5. This is the show that talks about everything educationally related in our Nevada County Schools. I'm your host, Scott Lay, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools, and with me as always is Kim Ewing, our Nevada County Schools Art Coordinator. Tonight, we're going to be talking to Brett McFadden, Superintendent of the Nevada Joint Union High School District, and Dan Frisella, Assistant Superintendent of the Nevada Joint Union High School District, regarding the upcoming school year, what it looks like for students, how it's looking so much better than last year at this time. We'll talk about the new scheduling going on there, extracurricular activities, kind of an update on construction, everything we've ever wanted to know about the high school district, we're going to talk about tonight. So... With that, let's jump right into it. Brett and Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. Glad to have you both with us. I appreciate it. As I look back at our notes uh, from last year, I think you you were on in October. We kind of did a what's going on at uh, Nevada Joint Union. Kind of just to check and starting right off here, how are you both doing? This is, uh, from my point of view, been, you know, absolutely well, controlled chaos, maybe at times uncontrolled, given the last month of, uh, of different things, the mandates coming down from Sacramento. We got uh, the vaccination and testing for all school staff yesterday. Um, you've had independent study thrown at you. Uh, you know, just everything. And then, in, in amongst all that, you guys opened up your two biggest sites as a shelter for the for the river fire we had last week. So a lot going on. So how how are you both, Brett? <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it's a it's a great question. I think you know. In this day and time, um, I think you have to answer a question like that by, by saying that you have a range of emotions. Um, I think on the one hand, you know, there's anxiety about approaching and going into the year because of the continued unknowns associated with our mm-hmm. recent surge in cases and the behavior and the conditions opposed by the, the Delta variant and any other variant that may May come upon us. While all that is true, I think, you know, as, as educators and leaders in this community, I think we're also e- eternally optimistic as well. And the excitement is that our students are coming back. They're going to come back in person. Yes, we're going to have restrictions. And yes, there's a lot of unknowns out there about how we're going to have to deal with certain things related to um, exposures or if, when our students and our, our staff are testing positive for COVID-19. Those are very real threats, real anxieties, but our students are going to come back. They're going to be in person. We're going to engage them proactively um, uh, from an educational and social emotional uh, standpoint. And it's just exciting to be able to practice our craft and our profession once again on a, on an interpersonal level. And these are real threats, but we're going to deal with them like we do. Um, But we're going to be successful in making sure that we keep our student staff safe and we give them the very best in terms of educational and social emotional opportunities. Yeah. And I love that, Brett, the, uh, the optimism. And, And I fully agree that, you know, there's too much negativity. It's embrace the positive out there. And we take that. And we do what's best for our students and community. Yeah. And how about you? I mean, I, you know, I've seen you and Brett on. I can't tell it, our uh, folks listening how many Zoom calls and uh, calls and things we've been on over the summer trying to, to get this dialed in. So how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing OK. I would <laughs> say, you know, we, we left uh, the 2020-21 school year um, 
feeling a sense of relief to have made it through the year. Also um, feeling a lot of pride for um, some of the accomplishments that our, that our staff had to celebrate in terms of just um, in general resiliency going into a school year with PSPS days and fire, a fire happening right in our neighborhood and um, smoke and school closures and learning Zoom and um, getting ready to embark on a distant, distance learning um, adventure for the year um, that had highs and lows throughout the year. Um, so, so making it through the end of the year um, felt like an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, and we, we had all our staff back today, actually. So uh, we did a kind of a welcome back today. Um, and that always gives us pause for reflection on the year too. And uh, we actually had a lot of progress that we made last year amongst a pandemic and amongst natural disasters and whatnot. So um, uh, the, the, the change in our instructional delivery gave us some opportunity to refine some things, to get really clear about what we're teaching, um, to get clear about how we communicate with our families and what channels we use for communication and how we articulate our expected learning outcomes. Um, and it was all also um, a time that we approved a change in bell schedule through our, through our staff. So um, I know that was a topic you wanted to talk about today. Um, um, but I think, you know, one of the words that came to mind was innovation. Uh, for our staff to kind of re reshape ourselves, um, design a bell schedule um, that that is really in alignment with some long-term goals that we have had in this district for, for quite some time. Um, and it really positions us structurally to, to move forward and attain those goals for the students in this community. So there's some excitement. We went away and I feel like it was a relief and it was rest. And despite a long baseball season for me personally, for my kids, um, we had some breathing room and our staff got some breathing room. And then about three weeks ago, when this Delta variant started roaring its ugly head, um, I think it all sort of came back to a, a new reality that this thing's not over and we're going to have some things we need to negotiate this year as well. So um, that's where we are today, but we're ever optimistic. Otherwise, um, we wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There were, there, yeah, there was definitely optimism, and then there were a lot of positives that came out. Not at, not only at Nevada Joint Union, but at our other our elementary schools and and our charters. Um, things that we're going to be able to carry on, like you guys are talking about, at the end of the year. So just you know, starting off, kind of quickly, the the first day of school is going to look radically different than last year for you guys. I mean, last year we started, you started the year off, uh, no students on campus, all distance learning. Um, so start of this year, Brett, what do we? The big difference is the positives of what the students and again the show comes out Tuesday night, uh, so the first day of school will have happened at Nevada Joint Union. Uh, what what will the students have seen today? Yeah, so they're going to see a lot of the same things in the traditional first days: the excitement, the activities, the orientation for our freshmen. You know, they're going to be learning you know where to go, and we've had great turnout at our freshman orientation events, both for students and with parents. And so you'll see that, you know, back to school nervousness as well. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, this is this, this challenge, this, the, the COVID pandemic has certainly impacted students and it certainly impacted their mental health and such. But um, students are also resilient. And so you'll see them, you know, coming back and engaging in person and, and participating in ex extracurricular activities and athletics and such. Um, what you'll see difference is, is, is we're all going to be in mass. Mm -hmm. And so that's a state requirement and we will abide by that and we will, we will be in compliance with that. And so, but by and large, the vast majority of our students and our staff have, 
have said, okay, we're we're going to wear the mask or we're going to wear uh, an appropriate, you know, uh, face shield or something. And so I'm not too too concerned about about that. Um, but a lot of the normal functions you're going to see, um, you know, in the first few days. The trick, as Dan mentioned earlier, was is that once we start to have people in, uh, you know, together in greater numbers, and I think the listeners need to remember or be mindful of the fact that. You know, on any given day, the largest public gatherings in the county are Nevada Union and Bear River, mm-hmm. and then as well as Silver Springs and stuff. So uh, you'll have the gatherings of, you know, Nevada Union with you know, coming up to, you know, we're almost at 1,600 students now with enrollment growth. Along with staff, you can have a gathering of, you know, almost 2,000 people um, gathered in, in one vicinity. So what things look like in week two, three, four, um, as we move through this in, in the new uh, safety protocols and the updated safety protocols with COVID-19, well, that may look a little different, but um, uh, we're going into this year confident and we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that our students have what they need to be safe, but also be get the education they deserve. Yeah, I was, I was kind of t- saying it, it's almost like, you know, school is 95% back or even more. The only difference really is the masks and, and then the, clear, the cleaning procedures still in place and keeping in mind, you know, safety. So, Dan, Brett kind of touched on it a little bit, but the extracurricular activities and clubs and that, are they all back in full force, sports and clubs, things like that? Yeah, everything is back. Um, That's great. Sports started, tryouts happened before the school year starts. Um, we're still awaiting guidance from the state and in terms of youth sports specifically, um, but we're working under um, some of our old, old protocols to, um, you know, deal with quarantines and, and symptom screening and things along those lines. Um, I think to answer your question relating to extracurricular activities, I think students after the first couple of days are going to be pretty darn excited after being back in our schools. Um, mm-hmm. I know our staff, after seeing and hearing from tons of them today, um, they're really excited. They're really just like energized by the idea of having a full classroom full of kids and getting back to some of the things that they love um, and some of the energy that they love feeling when, when working with groups of students. Um, I know, and, and I think most of our listeners know, and you know, Scott, that um, one of the things that makes our schools, Nevada Union and Bear River specifically uh, special is the access to all of the all the elective programs, the, the woodshop classes, the metal classes, the drama program, the band program, the dance program, um, the performing arts, the ceramics, the wheels, the, um, all of those things, all of those opportunities that um, people didn't really get to access so much last year. I mean, part of the year they did part of the time. Um, and so I think in general, I would anticipate after a couple of days, um, by Tuesday after students have been in school for a couple of days, they're going to be really excited about what what they have to look forward to for the rest of the year with access to those things, um, to those opportunities. Um, and with Nevada Union making a bell schedule change and going from six classes to eight classes, um, the bulk of our students find themselves in more electives and more elective opportunities. So um, I know preliminarily the feedback from students and parents has been that of excitement um, to be able to access even more of those opportunities. I'll bet. Yeah, that's, that's some, there is something for every student at, at the two comprehensive high school sites. They will find something to get interested in that keeps them engaged for their four years. Absolutely. Yeah. So Brett, let's, let's uh, talk a little bit more about what Dan just started off the, the four by eight, the schedule change. So tell us a little bit about that because I've heard some, you know, uh, people say, what, what is that? And, uh, 
they're still a little confused out there in the community. So explain to our, our listeners what the four by eight is and why you guys are so excited about it. You know, and what Dan was saying about there's increased uh, opportunities for the, uh, the elective classes. Yeah, happy to. And, you know, as educators, we, we will use all these buzz terms four by eights and, you know, <laughs> and such, and we're so excited about it, but to, to the listeners really is, 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 a school schedule is a is a, a critical component to you know how we offer education services as well as extracurricular services electives as well and student services in, in general and so for years uh, the high school district operated on a six period schedule and if you were graduates of, of our high school you you took six classes generally you may have less classes in your in your uh, junior or your, or your senior year but essentially you took six classes. And you know that's a, a that for years was a was a good good schedule to uh, to have, but it was pretty common for high schools around the state. What we saw in the in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, many high schools, particularly high schools in our region, opted to go to different types of schedules to offer a greater, wider array of opportunities. So essentially, what we're moving from is a six period schedule day to an eight period schedule day. But the way it's structured is, is that you're not, you're not going to eight, all eight of your classes every day. On Monday, you attend all eight of your classes in a shortened time frame. But then two days of the week, you have longer, you take four classes and you have longer times in them. And what that really offers to students is, is instead of going in for 50 minutes or so, you now have 80, 79, 80 minutes to be able to take a deeper dive into the subject matter. So I use like auto Auto shop is an example. Well, you know, if you're talking about deconstructing or putting together an engine, you can't do that in 55 minutes. Having 80 minutes allows you to go in more hands-on, a deeper dive into a particular um, exercise or set of standards, and it really makes the world a difference. In addition, by having a wider, um, uh, taking more classes, students can take on additional electives and have a different, you know, different levels of, of experiences. A big thing as part of our culture here is career technical education in visual and performing arts. And by having more sections, we're able to offer a wider array of those. And so students can certainly take their core classes um, that they need, perhaps, you know, the traditional classes for uh, college enrollment, but then they can also have greater exposure to things that may interest them for life pursuits or passions. And we all know that that makes for a better educational outcomes and experiences for kids. And then the final thing on this, you can tell them, you know, we're all super passionate about this and super excited about this, is this was something that the district had talked about, looked at, argued about for 23 years. Wow. And, um, uh, and, and when I, Dan mentioned how, how proud we are of our staff and their resiliency to take on a major structural change and to put this in place in one, you know, less than basically less than four months uh, and to go forward with this, this incredible change in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, that speaks to our teachers and our staff and how much they care about their, their craft and how much they care about our students to, to be able to take this on. And so in the middle of a pandemic, they voted over 75% of students, I mean, of teachers at, at um, Nevada Union um, voted in favor of this. Our outcome, uh, we missed it by just a little bit at Bear River. However, they altered their schedule a bit to be in alignment and an improvement. And then we expect Bear River 
after in use have this year to implement the new schedule. We expect Bear River to follow suit next year. Wow. Well, that's exciting. Really exciting. I know we we're going to get in a little more of this. I'll, I'll just let our listeners know you're listening to Educationally Speaking on KVMR. And as we move in the second half of the show, I'm going to turn it over to Kim, who's going to follow up, I think, a little bit with Dan on this uh, this four by eight, which has nothing to do with gearing. It is completely dissimilar to a four by four, uh, but I got a good explanation for Brett on that. But the excitement that, that uh, Dan was hearing from students and parents. So with that, Kim, I turn it over to you. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. So, Dan, um, when it comes to this four by eight, it was 23 years since uh, NU has done it. So tell us what is what was the preparation? And like like Brett said, four months of uh, hurried schedules and changes. Tell me a little bit about what the staff and everybody had to do to prepare. Yeah, so this I'm I'm starting my 11th year in the district, and my first year there, um, we were talking about a bell schedule change. And uh, David Arnold, a longtime art teacher, photography teacher at Nevada Union, um, brought it up that it was 1989 that he served on the first bell schedule committee uh, in the district. Um, and there's a very famous quote by another longtime educator, English teacher Louise McFadden, who stood up at a department chair meeting to proclaim, when hell freezes over, there will be a bell schedule change at Nevada Union High School. So I texted her the day that vote went through to let her know. the <laughs> <laughs> climate change, I don't know. Um, but um, part of the discussion really has been, um, one of the prohibiting factors has been cost. So it does okay. cost more money to offer more sections. But I would say that the final momentum piece for us to push this thing across the goal line is uh, the work we've been doing around professional learning communities. So one of the elements that we built into this schedule is flex time and advisory periods. So on Mondays, when we have that skinny day where all eight classes meet, students are also um, assigned to a teacher for an advisory period. Um, and part of that advisory period, aside from relationship building, pushing out school-wide communication and kind of nuts and bolts kinds of things is students scheduling themselves into flex time. Um, flex time, and stay down this road with me here. Um, okay. <laughs> flex time is, uh, happens on Tuesday through Friday, and it's about 32 minutes um, in the school day after their first period uh, of the day, and it's intended for intervention and enrichment. So okay. part of the work that we've been doing for the past 10 years in the district is around professional learning communities, mm -hmm. uh, which the basic premise of that is, is three simple questions. What do we want students to know and be able to do? So that's our curriculum and what we focus on is skills and standards. Um, question number two is how do we know if they know how to do it? So we build assessments. And in our case, we want common assessments because our teachers agree that this is what our students should know. So therefore, we're going to test on those things. And then what do we do if they don't? So your tier one interventions happen in a classroom. If a student's not getting it, you coach them along and you try to get them, get them there. Um, but if they don't perform on an assessment, um, what the flex time allows us to do is some structured intervention time, some tier two intervention time during the school week. Um, so we're working with a program called FlexiSchedge. So okay. from week to week, a student's schedule changes Tuesday through Friday. Uh, and if I'm an algebra teacher and I see that eight of my kids didn't pick up or demonstrate mastery on a particular topic, I can snag them and assign them to my classroom on Thursday of this week for me to catch them back up and bring them back up to speed. That's so more personalized learning and teaching then, yeah? Absolutely. And responding to students' needs by skill, by standard, and by student, and in a timely and flexible way. 
Wow. Um, students that are getting it will have opportunities for enrichment. Um, so if they are getting it, um, they can go to a different teacher and take algebra one to the next level and learn how to build a rocket or whatever it might be the next right. to get to those other standards. So you're really reaching all spectrums of the, of learners. That's the intention. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We did have a debate about timing. It was late spring when we were, um, putting this to a vote and there was some consideration of, of voting on it for a year out, but mm-hmm. um, it seemed reasonable to us to not move backwards to an old schedule coming off of COVID and then have a year to have angst and anxiety about the planning before we then ch- had another radical change. So we're diving in with both feet and um, there'll be some kinks to work out. There'll be some implementation dip, but I believe um, it's worth jumping in now and a year from now we'll be in a good place. I know. And it sounds so student centered, doesn't it? I mean, to be able to really isolate and to bring more one-on-one for students, especially this year, I really think that's brilliant. Um, was that intense to create that schedule or did were teachers willing and able and is it coming together okay? It was intense to create. Again, it was the middle of a pandemic. It was the middle of yeah. um, Zoom stuff. I think it was versions. I think I went through seven versions. Yeah. Um, two or three town hall meetings, staff meetings to get questions answered, develop mm-hmm. like an eight page FAQ sheet for staff. Uh, it's important to note that it's a lot of work. It's more work. And so our teachers, 75% and one vote short at Bear River, um, 75% of them said, yes, sign me up. This is more work, but it's the right thing for, to do for students. So right. uh, we're really proud of the staff. That's awesome. Wow. That's so great. Well, when we talk about that and when we look at what is happening, like more things on your plate, can you guys maybe, maybe Brett, talk to me a little bit about on top of everything that's going on. What is the, what is the end point for your, there's construction still going on. Isn't that correct, Brett? And what's the status on that? Yeah. So we, in the midst of everything else, we also have you know major construction <laughs> project happening. You know, it's kind of like, you know, things are always happening in a district, but, you know, you know, to, to, to transition from what Dan said, I mean, you know, there, there's always these these um, perennial myths out there that, OK, you know, school administrators and teachers, you know, we don't want to work that hard or whatever. And I know most of our community doesn't feel that way, but there's there's those those complaints out there. But, you know, what agencies in the middle of a pandemic is willing to take on a major restructuring of how we structure our instructional day and in less than four months, take on new curriculum, new design schedules, bell schedules, um, interacting with students and such, and, and, and do that in the middle of everything we're, we're going through. And I think that speaks yeah. to, that just speaks to the integrity of, of, of the high school staff and who they are as, as professionals. And that's just, you know, the job's never easy, but um, when you remind yourself of that, it makes it just like a joy to, to, to have the honor to, to lead an agency like this. In getting mm. to your question, you know, in the middle of all that, I think, you know, one other thing that we are very, very proud of is that we're constantly working on our facilities and our voters back in 2016 were, were trusted us and voted to actually, you know, assess themselves in a school bond. And we we have um, done our very best to continue that um, when this administration came over and Dan and I um, uh, worked hard to sp- pick up and speed up the bond program in terms of projects. So at any given time, we will have three to six major projects happening <laughs> in the middle of everything. That's and right. so, yeah, so 
students, staff, and everybody else, you know, you just kind of get rid, you know, you, you kind of get used to the dust and you get used to, you know, sometimes you're behind a concrete truck sometimes coming into school and um, with that. So yes, we have right now a major project going on with a brand new culinary center. This is going to be state of the art, probably when it's done, one of the finest, one of the best in Northern California. We that just completed, awesome. yeah, it's just incredible, incredible. Um, we completed work on our um, ag education centers at both Bear River and Nevada Union. They are now state of the art. In fact, we have better equipment and welding uh, equipment than that of any local uh, trades program, apprenticeship, or local community college in Northern California at this point. So, um, and then, you know, on deck, we're going to be working to modernize our band rooms and choir rooms at Nevada Union. And, um, you know, we're, we're conducting a, another facility master plan, looking at all of our facilities and saying, okay, not only a year from now, but 10 years from now, 15 years, 20 years from now, what do our schools, you know, what should they look like? What do we need to do in doing? So not only trying to take care of the now, but also think about the future. That sounds fantastic. And again, it's back to the service and um, benefit of the children and the students. So that sounds fabulous. The one thing I think I heard you say, Brett, and maybe Dan, you can speak to it too, is did I hear you guys have a little bump up in enrollment too? We do. Um, Nevada Union High School is about 92 students over what we projected. Um, Bear River High School is over 50 students over what they projected. So um, wow. Sounds like it's not an uncommon theme across the region. I know one of our neighbors down in Foster County is up about 200 students. So um, word on the street is there's uh, hordes of Bay Area families that have moved into the area and didn't tell the schools uh, uh-huh. that they here until, <laughs> until they came and enrolled. So good problem to have. We, we've been struggling. You know, our enrollment's been declining for 20 years. Um, yeah. But the, the challenge with that is uh, we're scrambling to add staffing right now, kind of late. So we need to import some San Francisco teachers, it sounds like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we got a handful of them, but we can use more. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. we got to ask this question, you guys. There's um, a lot of families and, and inquiries about Godoti. Is the, anybody speak to where Godoti is this year or what's that program looking like? Brett, maybe? Uh, yeah, very excited to announce that Godoti returned to its original location and um, a lot of listeners may not realize we actually have one of the best early college uh, programs, high schools uh, in, in the nation. It's our Godoti High School. Um, our, our students uh, are able to not only take high school classes, but simultaneously take college level uh, credit courses. Uh, high school is housed and situated on the uh, Sierra College Nevada, Camp, Nevada County campus. And uh, so that they have access to college courses and, and, and resources and such. And so uh, we, with the shutdown last year, Sierra College shut down all their facilities. We had to temporarily move them to one of our other sites. They're back now and back in person. And so, oh, good. Happy. yeah, that's exciting because not all of Sierra College is back in person quite yet. And so our partnership with uh, Sierra College, their president and the dean, um, Stephanie Ortiz, um, at the Nevada uh, County campus has just been great to work, work with and realizes the, the value of in-person instruction for high schoolers. And so they're back and we have a cap there because it's a max cap of 100, about 160 and they mm-hmm. are at their cap at this point. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, at some point in time, maybe they're one or two over cap at this, you know. As right. The year. Maybe a waiting list or something, huh? 
yeah, we typically, you know, have that, but there's a, right. a selection process, a lottery process that, that they utilize. Wow. You guys, well, this is amazing. And I mean, Scott, I don't know about you, but this is, this is all good stuff, getting kids back in school, getting back into their programs and having the eight, eight classes sounds really exciting. We're kind of out of time, Scott, unless there's anything else you would like to add or, yeah, or we're, gentlemen. We're, we're there. And I agree, Kim. It's really nice to hear all the positives going on at Nevada Joint Union Enrollment Up. You know, it could be exciting to come over and see that new culinary uh, building when that's finished. I know you guys have been working really hard on that, it's the state of the art program and, and just the, uh, the, the, the such positive changes going on right now. It's, just, it's, it's really nice that we're talking about that. And we're not talking about how do we try to reopen like we were last year. Right. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's, yeah, it's really nice. So anything, Brett or Dan, you want to add before we, we got about a minute left? I'll be quick. I would just say to listeners, if you don't have kids in the high school or say your kids have grown up and moved on or you, or you've moved to this county, you know, um, and you haven't raised kids here, come on out to um, our events, come to our sporting events and our football games. It's great, um, you know, live action and um, great community fun. See our, our performances and our visual performing arts and our dance programs and our band and, and theater. We have some great, great plays. We love having the public come in and attend us. And if listeners want to come and, you know, find out more about the high school and how they can be involved, reach out to me on our website at www.njuhse.com, or you just put it in your search engine and find our website and I'm happy to uh, interface and work a lot with the public and um, show you what we have in store and what we're doing for the community. Well, that's great. Well, we have hit the magic hour. So I hope the, uh, the community takes you up on that. So Brett, thank you. Dan, thank you. I know you've been working overtime getting this whole schedule together and, and, and making things happen. So I appreciate guys. Best of luck to the start of a, of a great year. Thank you. Both. Yeah, you guys right. take and care. Take Best care of luck to our to listeners. Well. Thank you very much for listening tonight. Have a great evening.